Okay, students, I want you to read your directions and then reread them, taking each word into consideration. And remember what we have told you. Nothing is as it seems. You must work for each answer. Now, we're about, we're about to start. On your mark, get ready, set, and go. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mwah. So join me on the flip as we get into talking about how sometimes you have to catch your lesson. I'll see you then. Uh-huh. Yep, that was what the proctor told us as we sat there to take tests for early admittance into the AP program in my high school. I was a freshman and I was actually taking SATs and uh, SATs and all of these other different um, tests to vie for positions to be in this elite group of learners. And we had gone through extra classes and studies, and now this was the big league. We were actually taking the test. And I'm going to tell you, I took those tests and I came out of there shaking my head. I didn't think I had done well, only to find out that as a freshman, I tested pretty well, and I had commitments for some scholarships for, you know, going to college if I got accepted. So it must have worked. Now, let me tell you this. This is one of the things that I am having to review in my adulthood that I'm sharing with you guys, and I'm going to just say it. You know, sometimes the lessons that we need to learn you have to first catch them and subdue them. They're not going to just sit there and wait for you to find them and then bestow you with all of this wisdom just because. When I started this podcast, I, uh, I, I did a actual episode where I talked about the difference between information, knowledge, and wisdom. And I talked about a gap, a wisdom gap that happens between the knowledge and turning it into wisdom. And today I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, please go back and check out uh, that podcast episode, too. Now, the reason why um, I'm doing this uh, particular one today is based on a conversation I had with someone. And they were talking about how, you know, why is it that the lessons we have to learn now uh, if you don't get them right, they hurt so much and you you don't get to graduate until you got it exactly right. And I really was thinking about that because this is not an isolated incident. This is something that um, can be recurring in someone's life. I also thought about um, when does it become a habit, a pattern uh, instead of a growth when we keep having to repeat the same lessons. And this is what came to me as I sat there and meditated. Now, I was I grew up in uh, church and all of those types of things. And when I thought about this, I actually thought about a um, Bible story as well as a Bible verse. And um, with regards to the why we sometimes go through things and it's harder and it seems like it takes forever to get the lesson and to stop making the mistakes. I thought about the story of Jacob, Jacob's ladder, uh, where he wrestled with the angel 
uh, all night. And he said, I'm not going to release you until you bless me. And he had to fight with this angel. So much so that the angel actually injured his hip, but he didn't give up. And he held on tight until the angel blessed him. And then there's this other um, uh, verse that I remember ruminating over and meditating over as a kid over and over again. And it was one that my uh, grandmother liked as well. And it's a really simple one. It goes like this. It's in Proverbs, uh, which is in the Old Testament. Proverbs, the first chapter, verse 20. And it says, wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. And I, I used to be like, well, why is she crying out in the street? She's in the public square. Why does she have to do all, all of this? Why is why you know why is there so many antics about this? And this was my you know child's mind trying to reason with this. And what I came away with, and I remember, uh, what I came away with was that can no one hear her? Why does she have to be so demonstrative and trying to get people uh, to come her way? To, to follow after her instead of folly. And um, the, the, <laughs> I, I think, no, I know that I've talked about some of the times my grandmother, when we would go over to her house and in her living room, she had these huge uh, aquariums. And uh, at that time, houses had paneling on the walls. So the, so that room was already naturally dark. And if you turn the, you know, the lights off and close the, bl- uh, not the blinds, but the drapes and just put those lights of the aquarium on and sat there in front of them, it created this kind of eerie uh, iridescence into the room. And we would sit there or sometimes lay on the carpet and just look up at the aquarium. And she would tell us, you know, you're being a bit rambunctious when we would, you know, run around the house and just wouldn't be still. She'd be like, I think it's time for you to collect your thoughts. That's what she would say. Collect your thoughts. And there was also a bookcase in there. And I've talked about this book bookcase with the encyclopedias, the Holy Bible, and all these other things and trinkets and stuff from her travels that she would have in there as well. So we would sit and she would say, I want you to collect your thoughts. And I think she knew that if she got us to sit still enough without any kind of um, distractions, we would we would think, but we also might take a nap. And y'all, this was before all the little handheld gadgets and stuff. So you really just had to sit and think or stare at the aquarium <laughs> and it would work. And I remember um, thinking about that proverb when I was a little kid. Yeah. And I came away with this, that trickery was afoot. <laughs> and it used to always baffle me, trickery. Oh, what does trickery, you know, have to do with wisdom? And I would grow up to go through these things where I would fail miserably and have to repeat these lessons over and over again to the point where I would start to see patterns. Yes, patterns. And in my adult understanding of it, when I looked at this trickster energy that was afoot, I started to realize that sometimes you have to catch your lessons. Lessons are not going to just stay still, surrender and put their hands up and say, oh, you got me. No, a lot of times true wisdom and true learning and true lessons are going to make you prove yourself worthy 
before they yield their boundaries and their their excuse me their bounties. So let me just let's let's dive into that. Thank you for letting me you know go back down memory lane. I'm gonna talk you talk to you guys a little bit about uh, some of the traditions and 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 the things of um, what it means to really catch your lesson. And somebody, I know this now. Somebody needs to hear this. So let me tell you, you have to get to the point where you have to begin. No matter where you are in your process, you have to begin to learn how to learn. What do I mean by that? That's not a trick or, or a play or a fancy play on words. No, to learn how to learn means that you have to take your learning and learn how to read between the lines of what's being given to you and what you're experiencing. Nine times out of 10, any experience you have has at least three layers. Yeah, at least. The first layer is the on the nose one or the obvious one. The second layer usually has to do with subconsciously what is the real root of the matter. And then the third one usually has to do with future casting, meaning that it's giving you fodder or giving you seed for what you're going to need to know somewhere down the line. So let me repeat those. There are usually at minimum three layers of learning that you need to know in any situation. What is obvious or on the nose? What is underneath usually dealing with the truth of the matter, the subtext, the seed, getting past the symptom. And then it's usually if you if you just pause and think about it, meditate on it even, it will usually give you uh, the seed of what you need that's going to come down the line. Many times this has happened to me and others where they're like, man, that's why I went through that. Have you ever had that situation where you're in a, in you're, you're in some kind of, I don't want to use the word situation again, but that's what it is. And you just went through this lesson or there's this lesson that comes back to you like, is that why I had to go through that? Oh my gosh, now I'm prepared. You see, there you go. So learning how to learn means that you need to learn how to read between the lines to at least get those three basic levels. There are many more, but, you know, I can talk about symbolism. We can talk, you know, because the subconscious deals in symbols. And when your lessons come, there's usually some type of symbol attached to it that's talking up to you on an even different or a higher level. So there are many ways. And these things really kind of come because you have to work for them and think on them. Okay, so then there's another part of learning how to learn. Don't take everything at face value. You need to employ the ability to decipher. You need to be able to decipher truth from fact, from opinion, from trend, and even from tradition. Some lessons that we have to catch look different depending on what stage of our life we're in, depending on what the zeitgeist or the spirit of the ages that I talked about in another podcast, you know, what, what's going on in your environment? What's the context? You know, is this an environment of peace? Is this an environment of work or uh, feast, famine? 
is there something, like I said, trickster energy afoot where this is opinion uh, laced and based to get you to acquiesce to a global or a local um, opinion that, you know, get in and fit in? And then, you know, is it a trend? Is this lesson simply, not simply, but does this lesson, is it padded with what's trendy right now? Meaning that you behave one way this year and you might behave another way in two years or five years. So those are some of the the ways that you have to learn how to learn your lessons. Now, as I said before, lessons worth learning, they require you to pursue them like the treasures they are. They are jewels of of, uh, immortality that uh, come into our lives to give us a one-up, a shortcut, um, a control or command key to help us to supersede um, things that will slow us down. There's so many things that lessons do. And because of that, a lot of times lessons are not here to make it easy for you to require to acquire them. Because if they did, many fools would have many ways to mess up humanity and life, the ecology system, whatever you want to say about it. Many fools. I'm not going to say not all fools, but many fools would be able to do this if life lessons, life's lessons were so easy. You know, these lessons, think about it. They're really wily, you know, and they make you prove yourself. They toss you around. And I'm going to tell you something. Um, when I started getting these ahas about the trickster energy is afoot, whenever you're at the brink of a breakthrough of understanding and knowledge and making that um, jump or leap from the knowledge gap over to the wisdom, this is what I started to learn. And I was like, oh, you sneaky thing, you. A lot of times, wisdom, when you are almost there, it'll test you. It'll test you by giving you bright, shiny objects. It'll test you by giving you, presenting you with easy pathways where they just look like everything is lining up. Everything is coming up roses and you go down that path or you get sidelined. You have a squirrel moment and you are right back at the beginning of the lesson you got to learn. And it, 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 it's like, darn it, you got me. And in hindsight, you can see that's what it was. And sometimes, you know, depending on how aware you are of what's really going on, you might blame blame it on bad luck. You might blame it on being at the wrong place at the wrong time. And it's like, nope, it was wisdom. And wisdom was trying you. <laughs> wisdom was trying to see if you were worthy, you know, because you have to catch wisdom. That means you got to hunt it down. Sometimes you got to subdue it and you've got to prove to it that you have the perseverance, that you have the propensity and the potential to embrace it and make it proud because wisdom wants to be spread. Wisdom wants to grow uh, and not grow, but be grown within you. And wisdom wants to elevate you and everybody that you come in contact with to the lofty levels of where it is so that you do better and you advance uh, life better. 
another thing is, is wisdom. When you're truly operating in wisdom, wisdom gives you the ability to become a wizard. That's why the word wise and wisdom and all of those are in that name. You become a wizard where you're able to see and do things that other people aren't able to see and do. Have you ever come across a wise person and listened to them or or seen what they can do? And you're like, how did you think to do that? How did you know to put that together? How? You, You find yourself amazed and it looks like magic. And that's what wisdom does. So do you think that if wisdom is wisdom, that wisdom is not going to make you prove to yourself and to wisdom that you're not a fool? Think of it. Only fools believe that easy access to anything is worthwhile. I've talked about uh, um, P.T. Barnum in other uh, podcasts, and um, he has this book. It's um, Public Domain um, Humbugs, and I've I've made a, uh, I've uh, given that uh, link out in other podcasts, but and he talks about how so many people think they're doing something. And he, he said one time, he said, you know, when uh, people try to get something for nothing, that's when they get caught. When you know that a gold watch is supposed to cost, you know, fair value and the market will bear one thing. And then somebody comes and tells you, well, I got it for this. You want to get it? Peter Barnum is like, when you get um, shammed, you shouldn't you shouldn't feel bad because you were the one trying to get over on that person, too. So, you know, you just got got. And that's another part of wisdom saying, look, you're not going to get over this easy. You're going to have to catch me. You're going to have to be savvy enough. And when I say savvy, I am talking about skillful enough to be able to make a lot of different movements to catch true wisdom. Another thing uh, that um, wisdom does is wisdom makes you uh, qualify yourself. Yeah. Now, I want to tell you this quick um Mytho, uh, it's, it's part of the, the Hindu uh, religious system. And I want to talk a little bit about the Hindu goddess Lakshmi. Now, Lakshmi is beautiful. If you wanted to look at her in other religious systems, you would think of Aphrodite uh, from the uh, Roman and Greek traditions. Uh, for the uh, West African uh, uh, Orishas, she would be goddess Oshun. Um, and, and so she's a beautiful goddess and, but this is the thing. She's also the goddess of fortune, love, wealth, prosperity, and she is actually the embodiment of, uh, beauty. Her symbol is the lotus flower. And these are the things that are said of Lakshmi. Now, remember, she's the goddess of love, wealth, fortune, prosperity, and the embodiment of beauty. But it goes on to say that anyone who worships Lakshmi sincerely and not in greed will be blessed by fortune and success. It's said that with her, she resides in places of hard work, virtue, and bravery. 
believes whenever these qualities are not apparent anymore. Now, isn't that something? It goes on to say that Lakshmi is the goddess of wealth and she comes of her own accord where fools are not respected. Grain is well stored up and there is peace within the family. They say the goddess of wealth is unsteady, just like the life of breath. She comes in and she comes out. Now, isn't that something? Now, there are other folklores that talk about her following after her husband, um, Vishnu, and Vishnu can come to you. Um, he comes in shaggy robes and these types of things, but he is also the god of uh, great wisdom. And that if he bestows, if he comes to your town and you you uh, you welcome him, he comes looking like a beggar. And if you welcome him and you listen to him, he will tell you or um, reveal to you the uh, wisdom of the ages. And then, if you welcome him, soon after his consort uh, Lakshmi will show up. And Lakshmi will turn your wooden spoons into gold. She will bless your waters so that they might be sweet. She will bless the harmony of your household and the health of your children. And she will cause the fields to provide and all of these different things. And in this folklore, it talks about how people would go and meet uh, and sit at the feet of this great beggar. But when word got around that Lakshmi came and she asked someone, to make, might she have a bit of water? And they gave her a crude cup to drink out of uh, while, while they made her stay you know, outside their door. She drank from the cup of water, thanked them and gave it back. And the cup had turned into pure gold that everybody stopped going to see the beggar in the center of town or, or the village. And they would go home waiting to see of this woman who was Lakshmi would come by their homes to bless them as well. Well, she did a little bit, but then the beggar no, had no one else to sit at the, his feet and learn. And he went away. So, so did Lakshmi. And so the adage goes that wisdom has to come first before the blessings. And the wisdom smack here is that wisdom does not guarantee you riches. Wisdom does not guarantee you reward. What riches do is that riches start to unlock uh, the ability to get all of that stuff you want. Because where wisdom is, prosperity, wealth, health, peace will come and abide with it because it loves to be near wisdom. I have, I've been, you know, the... Uh, I've been the one that has uh, gotten it mistaken sometime and thought that wisdom was going to equate to great riches. And I had to be like, wait a minute. Okay, let me go back. And that's when I started remembering about this trickster energy being afoot and how wisdom is like, you got to do this not because you're trying to get rich. You got to do this because you want to get uh, in line with your purpose. You got to do this so that you can have a pathway where it is a blessing to see you coming and going. You are part of our greater world. Wisdom even shows us that 
as much as we are individuals, we are individuals as well. We are both domestic and divine. We are able to help others and we are able to be helped by others. We are not alone and yet and still we have an ability to be special. And so that's part of it. Now, I want to talk about this book. Um, I've talked uh, about one of my other favorite books, um, uh, The Alchemist. And when I read The Alchemist, it reminded me of another book I had read a long time ago because of the the way it told stories. And I want to leave you with this book. It's a fairly quick read. And I'm uh, going to put the link in the description. I tried to find the one that uh, didn't cost anything because it is a public domain book by now. Well, no, I don't know if that's the case. I think it is. But anyway, the name of the book is The Richest Man. Man in Babylon by uh, uh, Gregory uh, S. Clayson. Okay. And so uh, I, I said Gregory, I'm sorry, George, <laughs> George S. Clayson. I knew something was wrong. And I want to leave you with some of the truths that he talked about. Now, a lot of people use this book for financial management and to learn about money. But if you take out gold, where he talks about gold, and you put in wisdom, That book takes on a totally different understanding. And you see that gold can also kind of be a metaphor to represent true wisdom. So he talks about seven cures for a lean purse. And then he talks about my favorite, the five laws of gold. So I'm going to try to go through these real fast, but I encourage you to get the book and just read it on a Sunday afternoon or something when you have some time. Okay. So the, the, uh, the seven cures for a lean purse, they are one. Start to fatten your purse. Duh. (laughs) Two, control your spending. Three, make your goal multiply. Four, guard your treasures from loss. Five, make your house a profitable investment. Six, ensure a future income. And seven, increase your ability to earn. Now, if you go back and you look at wisdom and you think about the, the story I told you about Lakshmi, it takes on a different meaning. So one, uh, start making your purse fatten. That means start pursuing wisdom instead of money. Two, control your spending. That means start investing in yourself to be able to see your lessons in more than one dimension. See the different levels, meditate on them, observe them, learn from them. I talked yesterday um, about um, the how the necessary questions that we need to ask when we're doing something, learn how to observe with the data, analyze it, put it to the test, learn to be Socratic and um, take yourself through defining what it is you want, moving on down to dividing and uh, a dialysis of it, and then an argument for each component before you put it back together. Doing all of those things, that's going to then help you to control how you spend and multiply the wisdom that you get because true wisdom, when it sees that you are a willing recipient, it will bring more of itself and it will allow you the opportunity to make it grow and multiply and you will behave totally different and because you will stop looking to get something, it will come to you anyway. And that means that you'll be able to guard your treasures from loss because. The thing about wisdom, as long as you are seeking it, Lakshmi is right there clinging to it, staying near you, okay? 
when they talk about making your dwelling a profitable investment, most people think that's to uh, do an upgrade on the kitchen and the bathroom. <laughs> no, it means y- your house, meaning you upgraded and guarded from loss by not losing your connection to always be learning and turning this information and knowledge into wisdom. And then ensuring that you have a future income is to ensure that you make a clean and welcoming path for wisdom to come to you. And that is going to, number seven, increase your ability to earn, meaning that you're going to increase your ability. You're going to expand your borders and your ability to take in more wisdom because wisdom likes to be used. Wisdom likes to be shared. Wisdom likes to elevate and enhance and bring everyone with it to a better place. Now, let me talk real quick about this five laws of gold, keeping in mind what I just said about wisdom. So if we supply wisdom where it talks about gold, it takes on a quite different understanding. So real fast, here are the five laws of gold, okay? Gold comes easy and in greater quantities to the person who saves a tenth of his income for his future and his family. So if you put that in context of wisdom, that means that when wisdom comes to you, you're willing to tithe it into someone else by sharing it. Thus, you see how I'm sharing my wisdoms with you, the ones that are coming to me? And I'm hoping you're catching this. All right, number two, wisdom works with speed and diligence for the wise, you see, the wise owner that finds it uh, for, I mean, that uses it for a productive use. Number three, gold uh, maintains itself under the protection of prudent people who invest it with the counsels of wise people. Four, gold escapes from people who Invest without a purpose in uh, place places they're not familiar. Meaning that you stupid. You put you put your put your wisdom and your goal in places that you don't even understand. And number five, goal runs away from people who force it to do impossible things to try to bring impossible profits, and it follows. Uh, or, or, or try to follow seductive counselors or imposters, meaning you're trying to get over with something for nothing. So I wanted to leave you with that. And guess what? Yep, you guessed it. My time is up. I sure do thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. I love you so much. Thank you so much for listening, supporting us. And check the show notes for links. And don't forget to use our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ when you go to Amazon to do your shopping. Thank you so much. I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.